So when I started ministry, I started like most people do. I was the youth director. And I did that through college and also during seminary. Now, we did all the usual things in youth group, even back in that day. We did Bible study. We did retreats. We did discussions. We ate more than our share of pizza and ice cream, and we laughed and we had a lot of fun. But one of the things I noticed working with the youth was these beautiful, smart, talented, funny young people struggled. They struggled to feel good about themselves. They struggled to believe in themselves. Now, I know this is pretty common. We all find ourselves here at some point in our lives where we struggle to know who we are and what our place is in the world. Too often, we hold on to where we fall short and we compare ourselves to other people, especially in today's world with Facebook and Instagram, we look at ourselves in light of everybody else's best moments that they post. I've noticed, though, that our dealing with our self-esteem and feeling good about ourselves usually doesn't just get resolved by the time we're 18. For most of us, we continue to believe some things that aren't necessarily helpful to us, that aren't life-giving, that aren't our whole life experience. Why is this? Why is it that we do this as a people? Well, I think the first is we're wired to see where we fall short, right? It's weird, I know, but it is how we are wired, and it is mostly has to do with safety, right? So our brain is wired to keep us safe, and so when we fall short, when we make a mistake— We want to remember that so we don't do that again, okay? So this is a normal part of what it means to be a person, and it's part of our oldest part of our brain. It was helpful when we were running from lions, less helpful now. We are wired to collect this negative stuff and to remember it, to see where we fall short. Also, too often others focus on where we fall short, right? If you do 95% of the things right and 5% of the things wrong, what do people tend to focus on? The 5% that you do wrong. People focus on our mistakes. People want to help us. Have you ever had that situation where someone wants to help you do better? And even though 95% of the time you're doing amazing, that 5% they want to bring to your attention somehow thinking that you could ever be perfect, which just never happens. Third, I think one of the things is we may have been told that believing good things about ourselves is arrogant and prideful. Um, Here's the thing, it doesn't have to be. In fact, the gifts you have, the graces you have, the things you know how to do, they are gifts to you from God. And you're using them in a helpful way, actually lets you be part of the ministry and mission of God. So downplaying what you do well actually is a problem for God's mission. So these are some of the reasons why I think we get a little stuck, and we're going to look at that. We're going to talk about that today as we finish up our series. 
So today we're finishing up our series on believe, and we have been talking about how we can grow our belief. And we've been looking for, we have a 30-day challenge where we're inviting you to read a scripture, to be in worship, to spend some time in prayer, and to see what God might do as you grow in this area of belief. And so, so far, over these three weeks, here's what we've talked about. First, we've talked about how our beliefs will have an effect on how we live. What we believe in this life affects our choices. It affects what we do. We don't always think about it in this way, but our beliefs will have a tremendous effect on how we live. Second, we talked about how changing our belief can be a challenge Because beliefs give us a sense of identity, even negative ones, right? So if you feel like, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm lazy. You think that's your identity. And to change that, you have to start thinking of yourself in a different way. And then third, beliefs originate from a variety of places in our lives. For some of us, our beliefs come out of our fears. For some of us, our beliefs come out of what authorities have told us to believe. And for some of us, our beliefs come out of our experiences in life. So all three of these together. So I think it's helpful to review this as we look at what we're going to focus on today. And we're going to start with our text. So our text for today is from John 20, 29. This is not the text for Sunday. This is actually Monday's text. But I thought this was a really good text for us to end on. So it says this. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now this text is set in a particular place in the scripture. It is after Jesus has risen from the dead and he has appeared to the disciples Thomas, though, is missing. Thomas is the he there. And it's only later on that Thomas encounters Jesus. Now, a lot of times people will say that, you know, Thomas doubts because he hadn't seen Jesus yet. But I think Thomas doubts for the reason a lot of us doubt things in life. Thomas never had an experience before of someone rising from the dead. And so he doubts that this could even be possible. It's so outside of his previous experience. His past experience set his expectation for what could be, which is how it works. It works like that in most all of our lives. If it hasn't happened before, we think it's very unlikely it will happen in the future. So here's how this is experienced today. If you've never been someone who's regularly exercised, you don't have a lot of belief that you're going to start going to the gym. Or if you're someone who's never cooked at home, you don't have a belief that you're going to become an amazing home chef. And if your brother has never asked you how you are at a family event, you are doubtful that he will ever ask you. We see the future through the lens of the past. But Easter invites us to see it differently. 
Easter says to you and I that everything has changed, that God is for us, that life overcomes death, that we are a new creation, and that love wins. And on a very practical level, my friends, this means that what you believe about your life, about others, about the world, may be less than what God believes for you. Now, here's the good news about this. You can change. You can change how you see it. You can learn to live in the power of the resurrection. You can become empowered to see your life in a different way. This is possible for every single one of us. So today what I want to do is I want to share with you five things that I'm going to invite you to try. And you've got to try all five. You can't just try one. I want you to try these five things because if you do, I can promise you this. You will believe some new and better things about your life. And you will start living into the power of Jesus and his resurrection. Now, as I explain this today, I want to do so by using an example, an everyday common example we've all probably experienced in some way, shape, or form. Now, I'm going to share the example, but it's really not about the example. It's about the principles. So hold on to the principles as we talk about it. And the example we're going to use throughout it to kind of work on this is having a feeling that you are not organized enough. Do you ever have that feeling? Do you ever feel, I am, I am not organized enough, Christine's laughing. <laughs> we, I think we all have this feeling sometimes, I am not organized enough. And if it's, if it's a real issue, we may even forget important things, right? We may forget a birthday or a holiday. We may f- not show up at occasions. We may let others down by not remembering their special day. So maybe you have lots of evidence to show this. Maybe um, Mother's Day, you completely forgot. In fact, I know there's a whole bunch of churches that now put Mother's Day cards in the men's restroom. (laughs) So in case you forgot, we got you. Okay. Maybe you've forgotten an anniversary. Maybe you've forgotten a birthday. Maybe even your mom's birthday. And let's say you wish you could change. Let's say you know that if you could just grow in this area, your relationships would be better. You would feel better about yourself, too, because you always feel so guilty and sad when you miss out on these things. So how would you start? How would you start to live differently? First, make the decision that the past isn't the future. The past does not have to have sway over your life. You may not realize it, but many of us are living, bringing the past with us into today. In fact, it's all we know. The future looks like the past. Who we are and who we can be looks like who we were. But it doesn't have to be that way. Make the decision today that what has been 
isn't what has to be in your future. That God is more for you. And that you just have to be willing. Now, I know this is really hard. I'm starting with a super hard one. Because a lot of us just aren't even aware of how often the thoughts we have are about the past we've experienced. And so we think that's the facts and that's just how it is. You know, in our scripture today, Thomas was very much stuck in the past. And Jesus helps him move into this new reality. That is for all of us. We all can become aware of where we've been in the past and where we could be in a completely different understanding. Number two, start making a tiny crack in how you see it. Become open to a new way. So I say this because a lot of times we have beliefs about ourselves, and we think they are facts. That is just how it is. I want you to develop a tiny little crack that you might be wrong We often have very limiting beliefs about ourselves. We think we are too old or too young. Remember Timothy a couple weeks ago, we talked about him in the scriptures and how he felt like he was just too young. You may feel like you're not good enough. You may feel like you have the wrong background or gender identity or body type. Or in our example today, you're just not organized To move from your past into your future, you need to start imagining that it could happen. You don't need to know how. You don't even need to believe it 100%. You just want to develop that little crack in how you see it and think maybe it could be different. Maybe I could be different. Maybe there is more for me. At this point, I'm sorry to tell you, What will happen is a thing called cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is when you hold on to two opposite beliefs at the same time. So you're thinking, I've never been organized and it's hurt people. And you're also thinking, I can be organized. I I can care for the people in my life. There's going to be a push and a pull between that. And a lot of times this is where people give up and they just stay stuck. That dissonance within them is too hard to live in as they leave behind what was and move into what can be. But here's the thing about it. If the thing you're struggling with is a little thing, like with the organization, maybe you just show up 10 minutes late as opposed to days late, okay? If you show up days late and people are hurt, then maybe this is important enough to experience that dissonance within you and to know that this is about... Living in the past, but being willing to have a little tiny crack as you move into what could be and what the future could be. That maybe how you've always seen it isn't how it is. Back to our text for today. This is where believing in things we cannot see comes into play, right? Jesus says to Thomas, have you believed because you have have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Moving from our past into a new reality is about living in this tension. We want to believe, but we haven't yet seen it. 
And it's a huge jump for us to get there. To entertain a new belief when we have very little, maybe even no evidence to show us. So, so far we've talked about, first, make a decision. The past isn't the future. Second, start making just a tiny crack in how you see it, becoming open to a new way. And then third, take a leap into what the Bible calls being a new creation. You are a new creation in Christ. Now, what does this mean? Well, for me, the deep change that we need in life deep change we need throughout our life, because we're going to change and grow throughout our life. The deep change we need in our lives isn't rooted in self-help. It isn't rooted in positive thinking. It is rooted in God. It is rooted in Jesus and what he has done for us. He died to give us a life where we love one another and we hold one another up. A life where we don't hold ourselves back from doing the hard thing, even when we're not sure where it'll go. This is what the Bible calls living as a new creation. When we're willing to do these things that we haven't yet seen, but we Feel this pull of God toward this new way of life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 puts it this way. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, and the new is here. This is about possibilities. Not because of us, but because of God. So, back to our example. We become willing. We decide we would like to be more organized so we don't forget these special days. And we're willing to go through this hard part of cognitive dissonance where there's this push and this pull within us as we're looking to leave behind what has been and move into what can be. And we feel that we're ready to take this leap and imagine what God would have for us. And we may even in our mind imagine what our mother's face would look like if she received her birthday card the day before her birthday and not three weeks after, okay? In that, we imagine and we catch a glimpse of who God desires us to be and who we want to be. Number four, we begin walking toward it. Walk even when the road is rocky. Now, here's the thing. On our journey to be a new creation, on our journey to be more who we want to be and who God has for us, we will not do it perfectly. In fact, if we're dealing with the organizational thing, we may remember mom's birthday this year, but next year, hmm, We thought we had a little more time to get that card out. We will go back and forth. We will not do it 100% of the time. And we have to know that that's not a character flaw. You know, sometimes we beat ourselves up about these things because we say, I'm going to be this new person, and then we're that new person 4% of the time, and then 10% of the time, and then 75% of the time, and then back down to 4% of the time. That's how change happens. 
That's how we grow. We can't get looped into the idea that we are failures and we can never change. That will hold us back. Instead, we have to hold on to our belief. I mean, this is really where belief comes in big time. Can I believe that I can be somebody who I have yet to see myself become? Can I believe that God will do for me what I can never do for myself? Like much in life, we will go back and forth. There will be good days where we live into it, and there will be days where we stumble and fall. But here's the thing. It doesn't mean something about you. It doesn't mean that you are a failure or you are lazy or you are selfish or whatever you beat yourself up with. And I say this because this is often the second place where people give up. They just think, I could never change. I could never remember these things. It's a process. It's a journey. And we're invited to be on it each day. And when you falter, even fall, all it means is you're human. And you are invited to get back up and to continue on the road, even when it's rocky. In my youth group that I served, uh, one of the youth in particular was just a real sparkle. She had amazing artistic talents. But the thing that made her stand out was just how um, introverted and shy and discouraged she often was. And as a youth group, we talked about how do we live more into who God calls us to be. And, and she was like, I just don't know if I can do that. I just, I just don't feel that. But she decided, okay, I'm going to try. <laughs> I'm going to try it. And so every week we get together and we talk about what we had tried to live more into who God called us to be and who God desired us to be in our lives. And so she tried some new things. I remember she'd bring her little successes. Well, we all did, you know. I had a new hairstyle and it didn't fall apart by noon. Or I was able to find something to wear that I really felt comfortable in and I loved. And when she fell backwards and started feeling like there was nothing I've done that's moving me forward, we were able to love her forward. And soon she started doing that for herself. And by year's end, she looked physically like a different person because she had new beliefs about herself. She had to practice this belief, though. And that's the fifth thing for today. Practice your new beliefs. Keep going and have faith in yourself So whether this is a belief that you hold about yourself or a belief about life or a belief about someone you love who has stopped believing in themselves, it will take real practice to believe something new, especially if what you've been believing is deeply rooted. Maybe it's something a teacher told you or a parent told you when you were young that you've internalized So to believe something new is going to take practice. In our example, you could practice believing, I can change and become the person I'm called to be. I I can remember the special days. I can be organized. And when you have times when things are up and down, keep going. Have faith. 
believe in the process and believe that God will show up and work in your life. So here are those principles again. First, make the decision that the past isn't the future. This is so key for us. The past and what has been has no bearing on your future unless you bring it along with you, okay? And sometimes we want to. But for things that are difficult, we want to leave behind. The past isn't the future. Second, start making a tiny crack in how you see it, how you see yourself, how you see the situation. Become open to a new way. So if you've always had a belief about yourself and you've come to just think it's fact, say, maybe not. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, and it gives that tiny crack. Third, take a leap into being a new creation. You are a new creation in Christ. This is not about self-help. This is not about positive thinking. This is about what God wants to do for each and every one of us out of Easter. That we are a new people and a new creation. Fourth, We begin walking the road, even when the road is rocky. And is the road ever not rocky? Uh, Right? The road is always rocky. But we don't make the road wrong, and we don't make ourselves wrong. We just keep walking the road. And then fifth, practice your new belief. Keep going and have faith. It will take a while, and you will have ups and downs. And that has nothing to do with who you are as a person or your character. That just has to do with how life is. But have faith and keep going. Believe that God can do for you. That is what matters here. My friends, over these weeks, we have tried to talk about belief in such a way that you would see something new, that you were created for more. And if you aren't sure of that, just look at what God has done for you in Jesus. God came among us in Jesus, and he lived, and he died, and he rose again so that you and I might have the life that he came to give us. And all we have to do is believe. Let us pray. God, you call us to believe today. To believe in who it is you're creating us to be. To leave behind the past that has weighed us down. And to know that there are new possibilities because of who you are and what you have done for us. Today, help us to believe that more is possible, that love wins, that we are never alone, and that you walk with us. We love you, and we trust you. Help us to take our next step today. All of this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.